Hey everyone, welcome to The Front Porch. I'm Brian Beaudry. This month I talked to Pat Flannery, my podcasting counterpart up in Canada. He runs Canadian Rental Service. You might be familiar with him from that. Uh, he has four of his own podcasts, The Hammer, Fenestration Conversations, Glass Talk, and Counter Talks. Counter Talks being the one that deals with the rental industry. So he is very good at talking. Uh, we talked for like two hours. You might notice that this one seems longer than the others, but yes, it, it's cut down from the conversation we had. So we got a lot of good stuff. He's very passionate about the industry and it's great to see. Um, he has a directive for our Canadian listeners. So please attend Rental Mart. Uh, if you listen to it, he will, he will tell you what to do later on in this podcast. I apologize to Patrick for cutting so much of his good content. Uh, we may have to start our own sports podcast later on. Let's just talk to Patrick. Welcome to the Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. Okay, Patrick, who are you? Where are you from? And what's something that's still on your bucket list that you're looking forward to getting done sometime over the next few years? Oh, wow. Uh, well, my name is uh, Pat Flannery, obviously. Uh, I am uh, in, I, I work from home in London, Ontario, uh, for a publisher called uh, Annex Business Media that is in uh, Simcoe, Ontario, about, uh, about an hour and 15 minutes away. I edit, I am the editor of uh, Canadian Rental Service Magazine, which is why I'm here with you. Uh, I also have three other channels. I, I call them channels, not just magazines, because of course, these days, it's about a lot more than just the magazines. Uh, and I have uh, Fenestration Review, which is for residential window and door manufacturers and dealers. So think vinyl windows and, and, uh, and doors of all kinds. Um, I have Glass Canada magazine, which is for uh, the architectural glass industry. So this would be glazing contractors and glass fabricators who do custom commercial builds, uh, right? So uh, storefront, uh, the curtain wall on skyscrapers um, and uh, interior glass quite often, basically custom glass for, for more commercial applications. And then I also have uh, Canadian Contractor Magazine, uh, which is for specifically uh, renovation and custom home building contractors. I've been in, uh, in, in, in trade magazines now for about 12 years. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we have a cluster now, uh, we're calling it the light construction group that comprises these four channels. Uh, and if I had a, if I had an objective, I guess, a, at least a professional objective that I'm thinking about, uh, is to do more integration and cross market work uh, uh, with those channels, we, we need to build a structure here where all of those things are, are, are working together. And, uh, and there are, frankly, opportunities uh, for everybody in each of those individual channels to reach across those channels and, and find business opportunities uh, uh, right across them. And, uh, and I think there's just a really an this is a relatively new thing. We've only sort of had this group together for, uh, for at least, well, co contractor was added a year ago, a uh, yeah. year and a half ago. So um, th there's just a massive opportunity here to, uh, to, to grow this thing, uh, possibly bring in uh, some of the other brands at Annex. We have other construction brands there and to, uh, and, and to make a nice uh, integrated sort of full service marketing platform for uh, the Canadian construction industry. 
So that's your bucket list item is uh, I, I call that my bucket getting all these things. Yeah, yeah. You got a personal bucket list item that like other people who are not into trade magazines or not managing trade magazines can be like, hey, I want to do that too. I want to see the Blue Jays win the World Series again. Oh, that's that's my personal. <laughs> that's my <laughs> and and we're close, baby. We're close. It's coming. You guys were good this year. Uh, they were very good this year, and I'll tell you, if it wasn't for that freaking Mets not being able to close it off against Boston, they were up five one against Boston on the last day of the year. Mm-hmm. And if they just could have held on to that lead, well, oh, there. When your season depends on the Mets. You you're, you're not going to make you're it. in deep you're in deep you're in deep doo-doo or and of course the tampa bay rays classically always find a way to hose the blue jays somehow no matter how whether it's a win or a loss and 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 this year of course it managed to be a loss because they 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 we needed tampa to beat new york and that was the other way to get in and yeah. tampa couldn't do it all right so tampa you're on notice all right so i get the email updates for counter talks so I knew you had an industry podcast, but I looked at your LinkedIn and you host four of these things. So mm-hmm. you have one for each of these channels that you're talking about. Yep. Uh, what are your other shows? And I guess we assume you're talking about Windows on at least a couple of them. Right. Um, so Fenestration Conversations is the residential window and door industry. Uh, Glass Talk is the commercial glazers. And uh, The Hammer is a uh, Canadian contractor. Okay, that one has the coolest name. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I just put, I just I just pulled these right out of the air. <laughs> Although I'm very excited about these window ones because I did not know that there would be a enough content to necessitate entire magazines and and podcasts oh, about. Windows. Yes. So I'm gonna have to catch up on these. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's it's not hard. Uh, the, uh, the window industry has, uh, has, has a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, it's, uh, it's very technical. There's a lot of science and codes and standards going on, uh, that, that, you know, people don't know anything about. Plus we just okay. had, we just had, we just had, um, we just had Laura wheel on, uh, she is, we think, we think I've, I did a poll of some of the old boys in the industry and, uh, we believe she is the first woman hired to a Canadian well, in this case, it's a door manufacturer, but some the window and door industry, the first woman hired through like a totally competitive outside process, not a family member, not already in the organization. She was hired as president of Master Grain, uh, which is a door manufacturer here in Ontario, and we think she's the first one. So uh, kind of exciting stuff there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we're mostly a rental podcast, so we're going to stop yes. talking about the window things probably. So if you are interested, like I am, check out those podcasts from Patrick. Now let's talk about some of your previous lives. We're going to get a little bit more into your trade publications, but I feel like most kids like growing up, you're not thinking, man, I'm going to go into some trade publications. What were you going to be when you grew up? Well, when I was, when I was a kid, kid, it was like something I gave remarkably little thought to, uh, to be very honest. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, you want to go way back, you know, I had things like, you know, dolphin trainer, uh, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, what, what uh, happened to the dolphin trainer, Jane? What happened to what happened to the do- what happened to the dolphin trainer? I uh, I, uh, I I wasn't a particularly strong swimmer, uh, <laughs> and it, seemed, it didn't 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 seem like it was something that was easy to get into. Oh, I, I I believe I also actually I remember this. 
when I was in, when I was in about grade seven or eight, and you're thinking about what you're going to do in high school, right? I did look at marine biologist, and they were talking out there about how you have to do all this math to get into anything in the sciences. <laughs> math, no way, man. <laughs> so that was that was all that took. It was like no, lots of I, math and lots of swimming, and you're like, yeah, it, yeah, I chose no, poorly. No, that's no, that's that's not going to happen. But. Uh, you know, I, I mean, once I once I got to university and was in journalism school, obviously I had the, I had the, um, the typical idea that I would be working at a newspaper or you know, uh, uh, so I, I guess print was always, you know, sort of the the thought because because I'd like to read, uh, and uh, you know, I didn't see myself as any kind of a acting telegenic personality or something like that. So the 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 thought was the thought was you know some sort of traditional journalism as I think it is with everybody. Um, and, um, I didn't know anything about trade. I didn't know anything about a trade magazine. I'd never looked at one. It wasn't even a, 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 something I was aware of. Existed. Yeah. That'd be a very weird thing to like have pop up. Oh yeah. Like, no, yeah, no one. Oh yeah. Fenestration. No, no, no one, no one, no one gets into trade magazines on purpose, but then I, you know, I did an internship. I found out what the real world of private journalism is like. Um, I'm working at the, uh, at the Chatham radio station. Chatham, Ontario, uh, with this guy uh, who is uh, who was uh, dynamite, great voice, great reporter, oh, great stories, uh, 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 just you know writing things on the fly. This guy was this guy was a tremendous journalist, right? This poor devil is driving a beater, and uh, you know I don't know where he's living, but it wasn't good, and you know to do the radio st- at the radio station you know you, you had two tape decks side by side and to cut the to cut the sound you're going start stop on the two <laughs> on the two different tape decks like you are making a mixtape right in the again i'm i'm talking about technology that no no one under the age of 40 is going to even know what i'm talking about um, I, mean, I am familiar with mixtapes but okay okay I'm just so you slightly know under 40 so okay okay brian yeah so yeah yeah the, you know those things with the little threads that, yeah anyways i looked at that and i went wow that's because you know i'm i'm at i'm at carlton university in ottawa they're training you to work at the cbc right and there's all you know cbc has ever, all, all this stuff right they've got everything we, we were cutting tape on we had these big beautiful reel-to-reel machines for cutting tape it was great but at the time i was turning my nose up and thinking oh i gotta find something else and then i came out of and then i came out of university in 1994 and um, Southam and Thompson, two big publishers here in Canada, were buying up all the newspapers all over the country because the the you know I, I think I think everybody could see the internet coming, and uh, and they were basically and, and just buying up all the newspapers and firing all the journalists. So there were no jobs. Yep, That's that sounds like why I didn't get into journalism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, it was just contracting. Although now, I mean, I would still advise someone who is interested in the work to go into it. Um, because now there's such a bestial demand for content, really in, in all sectors, everywhere companies are, every company is, is doing their own thing. Uh, uh, well, look at you. I mean, there, you know, there you are every sector, every, every media outlet has this giant demand for, for content. And, and so I, I just think there's an endless sea of demand for your work if you can do 
if you can do this sort of thing. Plus now you can operate remotely and you don't, as I'm living proof, you don't have to be in one of the big centers anymore. It used to be you could only get work as a journalist if you were in Toronto or maybe Vancouver or maybe Ottawa and, okay. Montreal, and Montreal if you were French. Okay, well, while you were figuring out what you wanted to do because you, you clearly didn't end up going straight to uh, your, your trade publications, what were some of the jobs that you took up in the meantime? I'm ready. I'm ready for this one. I'm ready for this one because I, I I I knew you were going to ask. It. I'm, I'm hoping you have it in song form. If it's so here I I know I know I should have I should have put this into into some kind of a rhyme. Grocery clerk, painter, bar bouncer, crane yard worker, pizza store clerk, construction worker, transport Canada writer, industrial cleaning sales, farm tax preparation, machine tool sales, newspaper ad sales, advertising copywriting, freelance web writing call center msn tech support and trade magazine editor okay so with all of those things do you have any amazing uh either getting hired or quitting stories oh my god i didn't put restaurant busboy down there i missed that one i got fired from my busboy job because my car my car uh, ran out of batteries in the cold and i didn't get into work in time and it was it was like a sun it was like the busiest you know time and that and the, and the owner fired me the minute i walked in the door uh anyways the big one was I, I had spent 10 years in machine tool sales um and uh and and was you know was doing okay at that uh, despite as i say not having really a, a good idea of how to do sales i was selling you know fairly large capital pieces of equipment cnc machines you know anywhere up to half a million dollars uh, a crack and um so uh so so the quitting the quitting story is i uh you know the, the grind was getting to me you know emotionally uh actually had actually had something i think of as i think i think must have been a panic attack uh my wife comes home from work and finds me out on the out on the front step because i couldn't stand to be in the house um and uh and and you know so she you know she sort of agreed you know she says look you know I know you've been talking about getting out of this. You got to do something. And I said, yeah, I obviously have to do something. It's starting to mess with my head. Um, yeah, I feel like a panic attack is a good. Yeah. Uh, panic attacks are pretty good. Hey, probably stop. Pretty good indication. You're some, something is, something is going wrong. Um, so uh, yeah. So I, I quit. Uh, I quit my, 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 my machine tool job uh, uh, with a baby on the way. Uh, one daughter, uh, uh, you know, out is, uh, is, is like three and a half and uh, another one on the way and uh, no prospects no no idea and i just quit and said i'm just going to start looking for something else and i'm going to try to get back into the uh, back into the journalism world thank goodness my wife uh, uh, uh supported it and uh and it all worked out but that was say, the is there is, is there any point in this thing where you're like i really shouldn't have done this or was it just, did you always just kind of have the feeling of like, something's going to work out? You know what? Okay. Yeah, you know what? That, it, it's funny you mentioned that. I'd never really, I'd never really thought of that. But, you know, that, that's, that's not a feeling I ever really got. I, I, I'm not a, I, I think that might be down to personalities a little bit. I'm not a big guy for regret and guilt and looking back on things and, you know, going over the past a lot. Um and so maybe it's just my personality, but, but I mean, it was, it was difficult. And I often wondered what was going to happen, you know, or, or how I, you know, how I was going to make this work, 
but uh, I, well, my wife had a good job, thankfully. And of course we were living in Tilbury, Ontario. So the costs were not very high. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, it, I don't think it was ever a case of, oh damn, I shouldn't have done that. Cause I did not want to go back to machine tool sale. You know, I, I, I wanted a situation that I'm very much in now where, where if I do it right, uh, uh, the product is good and, and it's not down to anybody else, but me, uh, that's not true. I obviously have a team that, you know, is, is, is involved with this, but they're all good too. And, 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 you know, it's down to me and my results are my own. So that's, that's a better, it's a better fit for me for sure. So when you switched careers, did you start at Annex Business Media or how did you work your way there? So I quit the machine tool job. Uh, my next job was selling advertising at the London Free Press, the newspaper in London. So you see, you know, sales to media sales. I, so I just initially switched the type of sales. Um, and then I was there for a while and then... Um, my friend who worked at an advertising agency in uh, London uh, spoke up for me, gave me a plug. Uh, they were looking for a writer. And so I got a gig doing uh, writing ad copy. And that was a lot of fun. That was a learning experience. Um, and then they ran into some hard times and I was not very good. And uh, so they, uh, they, so I lost that job. And then I was working in a call center for, I was doing a couple of different things. I was like doing some freelance web stuff. I was working in a call center for a little while, you know, filler, filler stuff in between. Although the call center job was great. That was, that was fun. I like that. And, uh, and then I got the opportunity, uh, uh, a guy called uh, Kerry Knudsen and Blair Tullis. Um, Blair was the publisher. Kerry was the editor, had a magazine for the wood, like uh commercial industrial wood manufacturing industry. So making cabinets, right? Making kitchen cabinets, making custom millwork, uh, that kind of thing. And they had another magazine called uh, Coverings, which was for the flooring industry. And they, you know, were looking for uh, uh, an assistant editor and, uh, and Carrie uh, hired me. Uh, I, I applied, uh, I got hired. They liked, they liked the machine tool experience. They liked the small business, uh, you know, work I'd, I'd done in, those kinds of manufacturing environments. And so they, uh, they brought me in. And it was one of those deals where I think a lot of people listening to this will, will be able to agree with the same thing. Your harshest, worst boss was also your best boss in terms of your actual development and growth. And Carrie was tough, uh, very tough, uh, very demanding, uh, uh, very critical. Uh, he, he sent some epic emails that I, I don't know if he did it, if he did it to somebody younger than me, he'd probably end up in some kind of lawsuit. Uh, and, uh, but, but he did it because he was actually interested in, in, in developing me. Uh, and so he pushed me, pushed me, pushed me very hard, uh, to become a, a, a better editor. And so Annex had uh, had a had an editor that was covering a couple of uh, the covering Canadian Rental Service in Glass Canada, and uh, again just answered an ad, uh, got an interview, and then as it turned out, my interview was with a guy who I had been on a trade junket with 
in North Carolina touring their furniture industry. Okay, so it's kind of weird to me. Is it was it weird to you at the time that Canadian Rental Service and Glass Canada were like tied together, or were they just paired because like that's what was left over? Or oh my! Are they goodness. secretly much more related than I'm thinking? I don't know what to tell you. Really, it's what they had. It's what they All got right. when they bought that other publisher. They they had they had one guy doing both of them again, just because here here's yeah. two magazines that need an editor and 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 away you go i mean well that goes to it goes to a point i guess i i always like to make a lot of people are under the impression that the editor of a trade magazine is an expert in the industry we are not we are not actually trade magazines are different than a lot of other types of journalism because our readers are the experts and and so our job is entirely not to be the experts but to but to just communicate what the experts are saying now I have another question because that okay. reminded me of a thing that I've I've often dealt with, like trying to write uh, here at Pointer Frontal. It's how much extra pressure is there when it's like you're writing to an audience that you know they're the experts, and you're like, "Man, I hope I'm I really hope I'm communicating this properly," because it's like I've heard it, and I'm pretty sure that I'm translating it right. But how much extra pressure is there? You have to be a little cocky, Brian. Uh, you've got to be a little bit. Uh... I'm just going to say it seems right to me. And, and, and you know what, if somebody, if somebody wants to come back and tell me I'm full of it, I'm, I'm all ears, uh, you know, go ahead. I'll, I'll run your letter. I'll run your letter to the editor calling me an idiot. Perfect. Um, More content. Yeah. Yeah. Per, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've got another, <laughs> I got, I got a half page to fill, but, but it is, I mean, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're relying on the, uh, the 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 experts who are in the industry who you know that's that's the job right is really is really getting the input from from the people that have have something to talk about you're fairly safe okay so it seems like you had these two publications why did you decide hey you know what I need four publications two just not enough for me yeah what what happened there well that was I'm kind of I'm kind of proud of that because uh, because that was very much an editorially driven thing. Um, I was um, working on Glass Canada, and at the time, we were kind of putting the residential stuff in with the uh, in with the commercial stuff. We we had we had the stuff that I do now in Fenestration Review was also happening to a lesser extent in 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 Glass Canada. Um, you know, one of the first things that became pretty obvious once I you know just went through to a few trade shows and had some conversations was these are just two very different businesses. Um, the glass products are different. The manufacturing processes are very different. Um, there were just a lot of differences. So, so I went to my, I went to my uh, boss, my, my group publisher, uh, Martin McAnulty, great guy. And, um, said, uh, you know, Martin, I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think we should have these together in one publication. I, I think this deserves another, this deserves another, another magazine. And Martin said, well, you know, give me a plan and, you know, let, let's have a phone call with the association and, you know, see, you know, what they think and get some more input. And so, you know, so we did all that and, and made it happen. And, uh, and yeah, today there's, today there's a residential magazine for Canada as well. So you're still happy with that decision. Cause I you know, sometimes, so, sometimes I have a thing where it's like, you know, this should be more of these things. And then I'm like, 
man, now I have so much more stuff to do. Dang it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you're right. I, I, I definitely did. I definitely did increase. Well, see, actually, the funny part of that is when I, when I, when I went to Martin with the idea, it was fenestration review was going to be aggregated content. It was going to be basically recycled aggregated content that I pulled out of what I was doing in glass anyways, and then just issued this more or less as a supplement right? So of course, in my mind, you know, th this is now way less work, right? Well, <laughs> Martin very swiftly <laughs> uh, uh, pushed this to have, you know, an original cover story and, and, and you know, and all. well, I, I don't know if Martin did that. It's just, it's just kind of how it evolved. I mean, it just became, you know, clear that, that, that I wasn't going to be able to do it that way. And, uh, and so it turned into a magazine in its own right. Now it's still only three times a year. So it's much yeah. less it's much less than, um, than, than, than the other things. As we've gone over, you are really into trade publications. Mm. So I was going to write a really long question, like trying to get a bunch of details about this, but I think it's best to just ask it simply. Why? Why are you interested? Why are you so passionate about trade publications? Well, they pay me to make them. Uh, there's, uh, there, there, is that, there is that aspect. There is that aspect, but you can no, get paid I, for a lot of different. Things, I know so. you can get paid for, and I could get paid. I could get paid a hell of a lot more for a lot of different things. So there you go. But uh, I think the central, sort of the central answer there is I'm fundamentally a curious person. I can get interested in almost anything, Brian. It's 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 kind of sad, and so and I've and and having gotten into these industries and and gotten into into trade magazines. Um, I just find fascinating things to talk and, and, and think about all the time. And the people are wonderful, um, really. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, 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 like the, I like the people I get to interact with uh, uh, on these magazines, just a, a tremendously smart people, tremendously accomplished people, um, uh, nice down-to-earth people, uh, uh, people who love to have a drink, people who love to have a smoke. I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's my crowd. So I, 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 I enjoy, I enjoy that aspect of it too. That makes sense. I accept your answer. Okay. Thank you. Hey everyone. Are you ready to laugh? It's time for Jonathan's jokes. Let's give him a hand. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So for today's joke, what kind of clothes does a house wear? And a dress. <laughs> what are the biggest challenges you face when you're trying to collect content for four different magazines, doing all these pod or doing podcasts, doing all this, all this other kind of stuff? What are the biggest challenges? Is it like organization or is it actually just collecting all the information or is it something else? Every, everyone has a time management uh, complaint in, in, in their job. No one has as many resources as they would like to, to, to do what they have to do. So that, that's, that's, not gonna be, that's not gonna be what I'm gonna say. Um, my biggest challenge, believe it or not, and this will shock people, is contact with the readers. I, I'm, here in, I'm here in my basement in London, okay? Uh, uh, I am not, uh, for instance, in sales for the industry out there uh, going door to door uh, uh, every day or, or even lunches uh, every day with, with people from the industry. My opportunity to actually talk to my readers 
is basically at the industry events, either the ones I host or the ones or the or, or other ones. And in the construction markets, a lot of these the, 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 these are by and large stereotyping guys who like to work with their hands. And now they own a company in the construction industry because they liked to work with their hands and they either got into dad's, they either, you know, took over dad's business or, you know, they started their own. Communication and broadcasting what they, uh, what they're doing and what, what they're up to. It's almost, it's almost anathema to them. Uh, uh, they don't want people knowing what they're up to. I talk to these guys and, and, and I say, you know, Oh, you opened it, you know, we'll be talking trade show. Oh yeah. I opened a new shop, uh, uh, you know, in, in the next town over, you know, and I'm like, why, why, why didn't, why didn't you fire me an email? Like send, send me an email yeah. to tell me about it. And I'll, and I'll put a notice in that, you know, I need a, I need the content B why not, you know, why not let everybody know what you guys are, what, what you guys are doing. That's what the trade magazine is for. It's supposed to yeah. be this conversation inside the industry. So that's the big, that's the big challenge is, 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 is the uh i'm not going to say the engagement because in our world that has a specific meaning i know the stuff is being read i know it's being looked at right it's the active engagement uh, you know the, the 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 back and forth the the biggest challenge is the tendency in in my markets especially for for the information to all flow sort of one way and I really wish more would come. I wish more would come back to me. I wish people would send me their news more often. It's not that people do, but 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 you know, I wish I got more news. I wish I heard about their hires. I wish I I wish I got more information about what everybody is doing. Okay. Now you mentioned that it's it's often hard to to get that constant flow of feedback. Is that why you get got into podcasting? Why why did you start your podcast? Well, I started I started podcasting. Um, well, first of all, because a uh, again a, a much more tech savvy friend of mine, uh, Stefan Labelle at Fenestration Canada, he wanted to do some podcasts for uh, for the association, and uh, and he for some reason he thought that I was a good talker, and uh, so he wanted to get me involved, uh, uh, you know, helping him out with that, because um, uh, 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 yeah, and so so he pulled me in, and I saw frankly how easy it is. Uh, it's, it's, you know, compared to, compared to writing a print article, you know, or, 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 or really, or, or doing video, video is a pain in the ass. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that, that's a lot of work. Uh, so we, I, I did a couple of these with him. I went, geez, that's easy. And of course I already loved the format. Like I, I, I listened to lots of podcasts, you know, political stuff and the, the, some sort of philosophical intellectual stuff. There's a different, different, different things. And, uh, and, and I just, I, I, I was already into podcasts and absolutely love them. And, 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 and there's just, it's just such a, well, as you, you know, it's just such a great opportunity to have a longer, more in-depth conversation with somebody and, uh, and, and have it be casual and have it be free flowing. And, uh, and I just, you know, I loved it. So, so, it, so I said, well, I got to try this in my markets. I, I have lots of people that, that I could talk to and, uh, one of the only things my journalism professors, one of the only nice things a journalism professor ever said to me was that I was a good interviewer. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, I, I've, and I've gotten, I've gotten, you know, without, you know, well, now I'm bragging, but I mean, I, I've gotten compliments on the interviews. So, uh, so that, that's going well. 
and uh, you know so we tried it and and yeah. we tried it went well we're now you know we're now able to sell sponsorships against them um nice. so it's all it's all working yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, combining things that you like to do and things that people say you're good at, probably probably a good thing to go into. It's a it's a, it's secret sauce. Yeah, I know. No one would think of doing that. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> You've already kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I was going to give you an opportunity to promote whatever you have coming out. This is going to be coming out in mid-November, so in a week and a half or so. Uh, do you want to promote anything that's coming out soon? I have one focus now at the moment but this is imperative canadian rental people you shall go to the rental mart march 8th and 9th in mississauga ontario international center go it is free it is our live event we're back live for the first time since the last one was 2018 okay um folks if we want a show, if we want a Canadian rental equipment show, which we do, you know you do, we have to come out and support it. And to reward you, what I have set up is Tony Clement, who is a former federal industry minister. Many of the Canadians listening to this will, will remember him. He ran for the leadership of the Conservative Party a couple of times. Will be uh, speaking at, that, uh, at the rental mart. He's going to be addressing uh, all the supply chain uh, issues that we're having. What, wh why don't we have chips? Why don't we have containers? What, why don't we have more of this manufacturing happening in Canada? This is a guy, folks, that was, at, as you know, was at the very highest table uh, in Canada, uh, guiding this policy for the whole country um, for, uh, for a few years there. It's your chance to ask him questions. Uh, fantastic speaker uh, and keynote speaker. Uh, and uh, and a and a really nice guy. I've had uh, <clears throat> I've had some interactions with him, and uh, and uh, and and he's very approachable and and great to talk to. So uh, please get out to the rental mart, come see Tony Clement, and then also see our women in rental panel. I wanted to do this again because our online session was so well received. Uh, uh, we did this uh, in the summer. Uh, it was very popular. Uh, uh, everybody involved loved it. I got cards and emails saying, thank you for doing this. It was terrific. Um, so we want to get the ladies together again uh, uh, at the rental mart to have a nice conversation and, and, and talk about their experiences and how they got where they are and, 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 and what challenges there are, what opportunities, how we get more women into the industry. Um, we're, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I don't think I'll moderate it. It'd be a little weird to have a guy moderating the women in rental panel. It'll either be uh, it'll either be uh, Alex or or maybe maybe one of the maybe one of the uh, the ladies themselves will do it. Uh, but uh, you know those are always great conversations, and I, I really encourage everybody to get involved. So please, everybody, Rental Mart, just drop what you're doing on March 8th and 9th, and just just come on out, spend a day at the show, go see all our vendors, make everybody happy. And, and, and I, I guarantee you, you'll have a great time because we haven't been able to get together for years. Yeah, do that. Also, kind of took a little steam out of the next one, but all right, we'll, we'll continue into it. Um, I brought up in other interviews with women in the industry, and I promised myself that I wouldn't only ask women to weigh in on this too, because it's something that we all have to work together to do to uh, kind of affect change and make 
workplace is more diverse. So what do you think that we can do to make rental a more appealing career field for women and just more diverse in general? You want to know how simple it is, Brian? The guys how simple to, is it? Oh, the, sorry. Go the, ahead. Yeah. The guys have to mind their manners. Okay. The guys have to mind their manners. They got to clean it up. They got to stop treating their workplace like a locker room. And they've got to make the workplaces professional and places of business. I think personally, that's that's 90% of what the women I've talked to uh, 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 need out of this situation. The other thing that guys do uh, in, in this industry, uh, and, and I, I think a little worse in the construction uh, industries, is they make the assumption that the women doesn't know anything. They assume she doesn't know about the industry. They assume she doesn't know about the equipment. They assume she doesn't know how to fix things. They assume she doesn't know what they're talking about when it's X, Y, Z. It's, it's, you know, it, these little subtle, you know, things that come across and, you know, it, it's got to be tremendously insulting. Uh, you know, they're, they're women's, she's getting an engineering degree and some guy is, is talking to the, some sales dork next to her because he thinks she doesn't understand what, what they're, you know, like, this is the kind of thing that goes on. I was, I was going to say, maybe it's just like the same thing that you do to get, really get anyone is just treat them with respect and like, yeah, make them feel that. Yeah, they're, they're appreciated. Well, a little bit of professionalism, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, we have we have these uh, and I mean, you know, yeah, I'm Mr. Professional, but, uh, you know, we, we, we have these we have these protocols in place, uh, you know, for a reason. Uh, so we can all get along. So that that would be my advice. All right. Sounds pretty good. All right. Now let's uh, make you the representative for all of Canada because you're the first Canadian I've talked to about this. So um, much as I'm sure each woman who's the only woman in a, uh, a company likes to be known as <laughs> you have to speak for all women. Well, yeah. I'm putting you in the great position of uh, you get to speak for all of Canada. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been up to Canada since moving to Texas in 2015. Uh, so I've never really seen how the Canadian rental industry really works. How would you describe the Canadian rental industry, uh, particularly if you can, in relation to its American counterpart? That is a difficult question um, because my interaction with American uh, rental uh, store people is, uh, you know, a few conversations in the smoking section at the ARA. I'm not dealing with, with Americans very much. Uh, there's probably people right there at point of rental that go back and forth across the border a, a hell of a lot more than I do and, and would be able to give you comparisons. Uh, I'm sure Wayne uh, could tell you uh, probably all about it. I mean, the observations, uh, I guess, that I can do are um, obviously we're cold. Uh, it's no different than Minnesota. I mean, it's, it's you know, if it works in Minnesota, it's going to work you know, in Canada for the most part, unless you really, you really get up there. Um, and uh, so there are, there, there is equipment and there are equipment designs uh, that don't, that don't have cold packages on them that actually, if you're not careful, you know, you're buying something that somebody is selling down in Arizona, you got to take a look. Uh, you know, th those, those seals, 
uh, may not be uh, may, may not be good for the cold. Uh, those plugs may not survive. Um, that's there, there, there's things like that. I, I mean, one, you know, one of the questions at the rental mart, I remember I had the maintenance guys on, and I was like, how how do I keep my how do I keep my toe behind uh, my toe behind uh, boom lift from uh, icing up when I'm driving it on the snow, right? You know, like so, like I mean, you know, if you're if you're from certain parts of the the states, you don't have to deal with this stuff. Um, the uh, the other thing, obviously, is the transportation. Uh, the Canadian industry has to factor in uh, in a lot of cases. Not not every. Some people are in in downtown Toronto, and they're not going any farther than 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 really anybody in the U.S. would be. But uh, in a lot of parts of this country, we are spread out. And in order to get enough market to make enough money, you're going to be shipping equipment over much longer, larger distances than, than, than you are in, uh, in the U.S. Uh, to get an equivalent number, of, equivalent number of customers. In Canada, there's a, there, there's a, I feel like there's a little more ethic of you work your side of the street and I'll work mine. And we're not really in a lot of competition. So there's less competition, but it's also harder to be profitable because, because you have to go farther afield in order to, uh, in or, in order to find, your, uh, find everything that you need. And the other thing in Canada is uh, you don't have to give your employees health insurance. <laughs> That's taken care of. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it does seem like a pain. It's a nice thing for a business owner. Okay, so... Are there any challenges that are unique to operating in Canada? I mean, forgive my American. I know just a little bit about something, <laughs> enough to be a little offensive maybe about other places. But do you need to translate like all your publications into French as well? I know there are a lot of big rental businesses in Quebec. Yep. And if you don't, is there a plan to do that? The answer is, is, is no. In everywhere in the country outside of Quebec, you can operate pretty much entirely in English if you wish to. Operating in New Brunswick, I would say you want to be able to operate in French. Um, but Quebec, you have to be French first uh, everywhere. Lots of places speak English and will speak English, but 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 yeah. you, 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 you're going to have to be French first. Um, if you are in any business, I think, I think any business, certainly any business I've been involved with, um, to operate in Quebec, you need a Quebec operation. Uh, you need a person there. You need a French fluent, first language French person there, uh, at least uh, uh, running the operation. And really, most of your, pretty much your whole staff has to be. In addition to the the language thing, you know, th th there's just a there's a feeling of community there. I mean, we you know, this is Quebec. And, and, and we're different and we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our own thing and there's insiders and outsiders. And I, I, I'm, it's, it's like that to some extent everywhere, but I, was gonna uh, say, I, I mean, I live in Texas now. I feel like for some reason, like Texans and the French or French Canadians, like don't get along, but I feel like a lot of it is because there's this real similarity as far as like the real pride in yep. their place. Yeah. The feeling of they're a nation within a nation, right? Uh, they're 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 their own. Well, we have an old term here in Canada called the two solitudes, uh, where uh, where where people talk about how you know, what's well, usually said with some degree of regret or melancholy that, you know, we've got these 
we've got this province here and we've got the rest of Canada and, 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 and the two can't communicate very much. And, uh, you know, personally, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a problem I've just had to come to terms with, uh, that, uh, that, that I am not happy with, but I don't know the solution to, uh, I am an English language publication. Our circulation and our communication with uh, our, the really, really great rental, uh, uh, huge, huge, powerful rental community in uh, in 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 Quebec is uh, is lacking. Is 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 nothing really. It's very little. I mean, I, I I make I move heaven and earth from time to time to get a rent a, a Quebec rental company on the on the front page of the magazine. Our next magazine is going to be Broussard. Uh, rental uh, from Montreal, which I'm very excited about. Great company, huge. Um, and, uh, and, but I mean, you know, that, that's sort of the best I can, but it's going to be in English. The cost of translating the magazine from English into French is approximately the equivalent of the entire production cost of the magazine in the first place. Yeah, I, I weirdly have, uh, a lot more dealings with that than the average American because uh, I do follow the CFL and ah. one of the guys from my school is Vernon Adams, uh, who's the quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes. Oh. So I follow their website and it, I try to I try to learn teach myself a little bit of French just <laughs> learning through uh, CFL game recaps and stuff like that. And then you hit translate this page. <laughs> and then like just like the parts that i'm not sure then I, i'm building i'm i'm getting a knowledge yeah. it will be very football specific but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i can only talk about football um i've had more i i have more i have more fun when i go to quebec than than, than anywhere what a, what a great what a great bunch of people in a great place uh, uh and i'm telling you once you eat out in montreal you're just you might as well forget it I mean, you're not going to eat anywhere else. I mean, it, it's just, it's the best food on the planet. I'm sorry. Like it, it is, they, they, they will not tolerate a, a meal in a restaurant there. And, and it shows, I mean, every place you go, it's dynamite. Are there any other trade publications that you feel really cover the Canadian rental industry at all? Like, do you have people that you're going around to, to places with that you see at all the same places? Or are you basically on an island as far as covering the Canadian rental sphere and like i don't know if american uh publications really venture on up there into canada to cover them the answer is no we are absolutely the sole and only authoritative voice for the canadian rental industry i will fight anyone on that uh, particular uh topic wait um, physical fight or just verbal both both. okay anything yeah right. anything yeah so breaking uh, news <laughs> yeah. Pat challenges anyone <laughs> challenges. yeah that's right that's right uh uh yeah you know rer and, and rental management uh i uh, uh, get 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 some canadian content in there uh from time to time but uh because because they have to it's obviously lost in a sea of of, of americana i mean yeah. there's 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 no way you know you, you guys are 10 times the size uh, there's, there's just way too much more to talk about in the United States. Uh, so that, that's just, that's just math. Everything you see in my channels has, has a Canadian connection. Um, you, you will not see news about the new, uh, I get the press releases, but you will not see the news about the new salesman in Louisiana in my pages. Yeah. You won't. Part of the brand is that it is Canada. 
Uh, so you're, all you're getting is Canada. If you want more than Canada, I invite you to look at other publications. But uh, here, here, here in Canadian Rental Service, you're just getting Canada. If you see a product listing in one of our showcases, for instance, and you know it doesn't say it, or I mean, it's not obvious maybe, but the fact matter is, I have made sure that that product is available in Canada and that, you know, and, and, and it, that you can get it here and that there's a dealer here and that, and that this isn't something, you know, that you're going to call about and it's, it's, you know, it's overseas in it. China. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, that's, that's, that's just that's teasing. That's mean. I know. I know. Well, what would be the point of the section if you got a bunch of stuff in there that, you know, yeah, it's you like, hey, know. here's all the cool stuff you can't have. Here's all, the, yeah, here's great stuff that isn't available. You know, I mean, no, I, I, I make, I make efforts to, uh, to make. I, I'm sure I'm not perfect, but I make efforts to make sure the, uh, the, the, the products are, uh, that they, that they have, de they have uh, at least a dealer, at least distribution in Canada, right? I am now a weird limited genie that gives you three wishes only relating to the American and Canadian rental industries, you can implement three things before everyone says, okay, that's enough with this new guy trying to change things. He has to stop. Uh, <laughs> what are the three things that you choose to implement? Everybody gets uh, online and, and, and um, spends some time and mental energy developing an actual marketing plan for their uh, business. The next thing you're going to do is set aside some time and set aside some resources, not a lot, but some, to give your staff some service training. And I mean professional, real training on customer service, things to think about, think ways, ways to adjust your approach when you're dealing with customers so that you're communicating effectively and responding to their needs when you're on the job. Okay, you're just that's genie wish number two. Okay, starting to get concerned that you're getting too authoritative. With uh, oh, these, you, these you don't want to give me this kind like, of power, okay, he's Brian, Brian. You don't want to give me this kind of power. I, I, I'm, I'm, glad you you. I'm glad you only have. I'm glad you only have one left. We're yeah, I only have one left. One I only have one left. Gone. Boom. <laughs> the next thing is to think about broadening your offering. Um, think about more than just the, you know, every weekend rental churn uh, that, that, that you're doing uh, in, in the door, out the door, I, I, I drive equipment. Are there opportunities for consultation? Uh, are there opportunities to give people advice on, on, on the equipment that, they're, that, they're, that they need for a particular application? Are there opportunities to do training? Uh, uh, Sirius Labs up here has, uh, has, has these virtual uh, has these virtual um, lift training uh, devices. Um, what about getting people certified on their lift, uh, on their, their working at heights and their, and their lift requirements, right? Isn't that a logical thing for a rental store to do that's full of lifts anyways? I would like to see rental stores uh, uh, looking, at different, looking at different avenues, right? I mean, you know, nobody wants to get out of their, their comfort zone, uh, but uh, you know, the, the, could, could there be opportunities out there to try to grow your business, to, to, to try to be a little more aggressive on growth uh, than, uh, than, than just, you know, paying the bills and saying good enough. Yeah, you mentioned some of that like extra training. And I think that's another thing that's really helpful for your workforce and like attracting talent is uh, that workforce development, the people feeling like, hey, I'm learning stuff, I'm, I'm getting better, I'm 
developing skills that will translate into I, I'm getting marketable skills. Yep. And, uh, you know, none of this should be taken as saying, you know, someone's going to come back and say, and say, oh, I do that stuff. And it's like, yeah, I know yeah. there's, you know, th this is why it comes to my mind is I know there's some people doing it and there's some people who are not. Okay, let's go to the last few questions. What is the most important trait or ability for a leader to have? I have a long story about this. No, no, you not, do not really. get a long story. Not really a long, it's not really one a long important story. trait or ability. <laughs> I think a good leader finds people with the character and the abilities that, that they need, right? And they're able to identify those people. And they give them a broad task, they give them deliverables, and then they let them go. And, and actually, most of the leaders, most of the leaders' um, job after that point is to provide the whatever resources they, they, they need to the extent possible. I think a great leader gives people uh, responsibility and lets them apply their strengths to it. I saw that you were in the orchestra as a youth. <laughs> what instrument did you play? And is music still a hobby or was that something that you just did because you were felt obligated to it as a kid and you, as soon as you got done with school and having to do it for school or whatever, you're like, I'm never using this again. I played violin. <laughs> um, God, why did I do it? Well, I mean, in grade nine, they made you pick an instrument. And I mean, I was taking music because... I didn't know what else to take, I guess. It was one of those deals, right? It's like, oh, I better you know, pick something that seems easy. That turned out not to be the case. I, I, spent, I spent then the next uh, four years of, of high school uh, having to get out the door at seven o'clock every morning uh, to, uh, to get to practice uh, in, in the morning. My, uh, my, the, the band teacher was a, was a real hard ass um yes and uh, I, I think that's a like universal thing as far as band and and orchestra and any type of musical class kids this is not an easy class that you can blow off yeah it is going to be so much more work than any average class yeah they want to fix you they want to they want to fix that that impression uh, uh right off the bat well and the thing is if you want to be able to play the instrument you pretty much have to do that much work because it's that hard uh i was terrible I was, I was, I was awful. I, I, I never practiced. Uh, I have, I have, I have very little, uh, uh, musical ability at all. I have, I have very stubby spade like hands, uh, that are not, uh, are not good for, uh, for violin at all. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the answer is, uh, I, I did that all the way through high school until I finally got thrown out of the program in grade 13 because I went to the, I cut uh, practice to go to the Amnesty International concert with Bruce Springsteen and Sting and Peter Gabriel, if you can believe that, in 1989 in uh, the rule that, that the grade 13s had specifically uh, it, from uh, Mr. Arnold was, um, if you miss a practice, you're out. Uh, that's it. And, uh, and so he, uh, and so, and so he, and so he turfed me and I found out later, I found out years later, he actually called my mother. He was, he was upset that he had to do it. Cause I had been in the music program the whole time. And, and he calls her up and he says, look, I, you know, I, I have this rule and, and, you know, he cut practice. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what, you know, I got to do this. And mom said, well, cut him then. My, my, um, my brother, uh, and my uncle, uh, well, my uncle taught my brother. Uh, are both phenomenal guitar players, uh, very, very musical, 
uh, uh, tremendous guitar players. My father, my late father, uh, he died when I was six weeks old, was a phenomenal guitar player. Uh, uh, so the, there's, there's a ton of music in the family. We all get together, uh, you know, when, when, when we get together uh, as a family at the cottage or whatever, you know, the guitars come out and everybody's singing. Uh, uh, and I sing a, a lot with, with, you know, with, with Brian and, and Brian and Brian, the, the, my uncle and my brother are both named Brian. So cool. there you go. Good name. Yeah. Good name. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's the extent of my, that's the extent of my musical involvement. Well, after all this Canada talk uh, a little while ago, I was surprised to discover that not only are you not a CFL fan, you're <laughs> attempting to reignite your fandom of the Buffalo Bills now that they're once again worth watching. How could you betray your nation like this? <laughs> okay, the weirder thing is, why are you a CFL fan? Oh, it's because of this friend on the Alouettes. Well, really, it's because uh, I went to Eastern Washington University. Uh, we had a coach, Bo Baldwin. Uh, he was the head coach of like a third of the CFL's quarterbacks. I also used to work in arena football, so I know a couple of the receivers in the CFL. Um, Eric Rogers used to play for our team. Wow. Um, Kamar Jordan used to play for one of our competitors. So I, I know a few few of those guys. So it's like it's fun to check in on them and see how they're doing. It's it's a horrible uh it's a it's a horrible flaw in my uh sports interest. Um it started uh as a child. In a lot of ways, we were closer to the US than we were to a, a lot of Canada. Um and so when I grew up playing football in the schoolyard, uh, it was four downs. It was it, it, it was it was NFL. Uh, and uh, and that's that's just, you know, and, and I mean, our TV, you know, I mean, there was CBC, which doesn't have football. Uh, so, you know, all you saw on TV was 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 NFL was NFL football for the most part. So, you know, since since you did betray Canada like that, uh, perhaps yeah. you would like to make up for it. <laughs> Uh, by singing Oh Canada for our audience. I know that's, you know, a thing that we do. We, we like you make sing. all your guests sing? Um, if I can, I try. Because, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that you like to sing as well. This and is I do like go, the Canadian national anthem. I, this, I is gonna go, this is going to go, this is going to end up in, in, in very embarrassing. Okay, I'll do it. All right, perfect. Oh Canada, our home and native land. True patriot love in all thy sons command. With glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. That was Wonderful. so out of tune. It's awful, but I had no, I, acapella is tough. <laughs> Five important questions. Five important, Five important questions. questions. Five important questions. What would you say is your greatest success in life? 
Well, it's got to be the two daughters. Um, they are, uh, uh, you know, we, we worked very hard, my wife and I, to, uh, to, to, to try to raise them right. And uh, I think the results have spoken for themselves. Uh, one is uh, 20 and at uh, Western University, uh, English and Psych. Uh, and uh, she's just had a uh, this, you know, she seems to have these great jobs fall into her lap. She's a swim coach. She's uh, uh, working at Costco, you know, just sort of doing everything right. Uh, the other one is 16. Uh, she's obviously in high school and uh, working at uh, working as a cashier at the grocery store and just, you know, lovely, intelligent, uh, uh, polite, uh, well-behaved uh, young ladies. And uh, we uh, we take uh, all the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's always a cop out though to you to everyone always says like my great success is my kids so you're no longer allowed to use your kids uh, okay. or your wife as okay. a great success what is, is that, your other greatest success uh the other one the other one is um is getting back to journalism after a a 10-year detour uh into uh sales or early in my career uh, I went to school for journalism and then ended up in sales for 10 years. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, there's a, there's a song by a, a Canadian band here called Metric, uh, where they say nothing I ever did right happened on the safe side. And uh, I can attest to that. I know exactly what she's talking about. Uh, uh, it was one of those uh, leaps of faith that you take uh, in life or some people take in life and, uh, and it's worked out uh, uh, really, really for the best. Awesome. Okay, now what is something, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice when you started your career, what would it be? The first, if you go right back to the very start, I think like a lot of people, I came out of university thinking that, uh, well, sorry, people in the 80s, because university then was viewed as a bigger deal. Uh, uh, coming out, I, you know, I had this impression that I was going to be, you know, picking and choosing your job and going straight into management and all these kinds of things. Uh, I wish, uh, in retrospect, I'd understood a little bit better that I was going to have to, uh, you know, I was going to have to slum it in the trenches just like everybody else. Uh, and I, uh, I, I wasted a lot of time going in, 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 in different directions. The other, the other big thing that um, I think impacted uh, some of my early career was I had no idea how to do sales. Uh, I was in sales, but I was going off uh, very rudimentary impression of, of, of how that's done you know I, I i'm knocking on doors i'm 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 showing up in people's lobbies you know it 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 it, it wasn't i didn't know how to i didn't know how to build relationships in in, in business and uh and uh it took me uh, uh quite a while to uh to get some understanding of that and uh and and by then i was ready to get out so <laughs> that's uh that's kind of that's kind of the, i guess those would be the two big things that's, that's a good time to get out. It's just as soon as you've learned. As soon as you, you know, know what you're doing, successful. Yeah. leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So since it took you so long, learn what you're doing. I assume you have a good answer for this one. What's the most embarrassing moment in your career? Oh, my God. I guess there's I guess there's been a lot of them. Uh, really, one of the, it, it, this is weird. But what one of the most embarrassing things that happened to me was I did print an entire uh, company profile. And I spelled the main guy's wrong, guy's name wrong throughout the entire article. <laughs> and he pulls me aside at an industry function a little while later and says, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but, you know, you've got this H on the end of my name. Uh, and it's not, there's no H. In, and I just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's bothered me. It's bothered me ever since. 
I was gonna say you have never messed up his name since then, though, right? No, no, that's right. That's right. No. It's hundred percent. I, I, I double check it before I, 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 I write it or say it. I don't want to say who it is, but it was, it was. Yeah. That was a that that was a that was an embarrassing one. All right. Well, sorry, you've been sentenced to death. I, I know Canada doesn't do that, but no. you're somehow in the jurisdiction where that happens <laughs> uh, due to adding an extra H to someone's name. Right. And here. We used to have a thing called your last meal. So mm. if you're getting put to death, you're on it's your last meal on this earth. What are you eating for that last meal? Well, people can't see me, but if they could, they would uh, understand fairly quickly that there's not a lot of food that I don't like. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm pretty easy. Uh, but uh, probably my uh, one of my favorite things is my uh, my wife's pork tenderloin with the mushroom sauce that she makes. Of course, how she would get that to me in this uh, jurisdiction where I've been. I'm at, I don't know where I, I guess I'm in Afghanistan or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, There's uh, like a weird, it's a weird thing where you can get anything. You, you can want, get anything. Also, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It. All right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably order up that and, uh, and maybe, uh, you know, probably a nice 16 year old lag of Ulan for dessert. Good. Good. I mean, that covers both the, what you wanted to drink with it and uh, what your dessert would be. So right. Right. That's good efficiency. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Well, I'd probably have to lose about a hundred pounds. Uh, that'd be. <laughs> That's probably the best way to do it is if you could just wish and boom. Done. Yeah, and just have it, just, just, just have it vanish. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, 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 I probably need to argue with people less. I get into trouble sometimes uh, with uh, with my mouthiness. Uh, on the other hand, I also have a lot of fun with the right people doing it. So yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a that's kind of a double edged sword. I feel like that's an old timey journalist thing. Is like you just have to be right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You'll yeah. you'll 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 never find uh, probably a journalist who just wants to agree with uh, with everything uh, everything you say. If you could change one thing about the rental industry, what would it be? Well, one thing uh, one thing for sure. I, I I would like to see the companies not have this ethic of I would like to fly under the radar. That's got to be one of the most common things you hear out of the mouths, not just in the rental industry, but in the construction industry that I work across a number of sectors um, generally is uh, guys seem to take great pride. And I'm, I'm saying guys, it's usually guys actually that are saying it uh, seem to take great pride in this idea that they don't have to tell anybody anything. They don't have to say anything about themselves and the business just comes to them as if by magic. That may be true, uh, if you've done a good job and good word of mouth and you've been around for a while, that's, uh, I, I'm sure that happens and I'm sure it's very nice and I'm sure it's less expensive, but uh, I, would, I would like to see rental companies do a better job of marketing themselves, of putting themselves out there, of seeking a little bit of profile and a little bit of attention and trying to educate their markets about what they can do uh, uh, a little more than they do. Yeah, that's something that I've had difficulty with, like personally. Uh, I also come from a journalism background where it's like, you know, like the story is the story. I, I'm not the story. I don't, I don't want to be promoting myself. I just want this thing out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the, 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 yeah. There's not, as long as you're telling the truth, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with promoting yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then you see, like, you see all these people, like the pr people that promote themselves and do it well are the ones that like get so many extra opportunities. And that's something that a lot of rental companies, I think, could could stand to do. Well, I always go to this. I always go to this example. Who spends more on 
advertising and marketing than anybody else in the world. Well, it's the biggest and most famous brands you've ever heard of. It's the Coca-Colas and the Apples and the McDonald's and the, you know what I'm saying? Now, if there's no point to, to doing that once you're known, why do they keep doing it? They must, they must know something, right? And this yeah, they, is, they probably don't like just throwing away money for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find, yeah, that's right. I find it hard to believe that they've just got a, you know, a, a three hundred million dollars burning a hole in their pocket. They don't know what to do with, and that's the only reason they keep doing it. Yeah, that that that's that's not how branding works. And we could go into a whole. You and I could probably go into a whole seminar here about 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 branding and how it's different than response advertising. But anyways, advertise, folks. Warren Buffett, early to bed, early to rise, advertise, advertise, advertise. There we go. And if you're not going to listen to Warren Buffett, I mean. Yeah, I know. What are you doing, right? Yeah. Now we're going to change it up a little bit. What is your spirit spice? Probably salt. <laughs> is that it's a, a popular spice? one. I mean, everyone likes salt. Tell me a secret about the rental industry. Customer service remains a struggle. Um, it, it, is, uh, it is hard to get people that have the right uh, focus uh, frontline people, drivers, uh, uh, counter staff, counter staff are usually, you know, they've been winnowed out, but especially on the driver side, it's hard to get people that, uh, have the right approach, uh, uh, to customer service and are, and are, and are as eager as you want to, uh, to, to, to do whatever they have to do to make that customer happy. Talking about things I would change in the industry, you know, after the marketing thing, that's probably, you know, number two is there needs to be a better, uh, better effort on that. It's always approached in kind of the, the manner of, oh, we have great service. Yeah, we want to, yeah, we want to help. We want to do this. Yeah, um, you can want those things. Um, but are you, is it actually happening? And, and more importantly, if it's happening, is it being communicated to the customer? Because, and, and is the communication from the customer coming back the other direction? Because a person can be sitting there pissed off and not saying anything. And, and, and these, are, these are the kinds of skills that, that really good customer service organizations uh, uh, work very hard to instill in their, in their, uh, in their people. Uh, and it's not that uh, rental stores don't or, or none do, but uh, in, in general, it's something that's kind of left to sort itself out. And I think it hurts people's businesses. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on the porch today here, Pat. Um, it's been fun talking to you and I look forward to emailing you randomly in the future, Brian, and seeing you, your emails, Brian, you put 10 times more effort and preparation into these podcasts than I do. And I applaud you for it. And I think you're, uh, I think you've got a great product here and uh, I can't wait to uh, see how all this turns out. So thanks very much. And everybody, everybody go, uh, everybody go spend all your money on point of rental software. It's great stuff. Oh, thank you. I like that. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to promote yourself again there. And no, I was no, no, say, no, no, no. Good no. on you for getting that extra. Program. I did enough of that. But I did since enough you did it for us, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Rental Mart. I am now a weird, limited genie. I'm not a manipulative person. I think we're tremendous friends. My mother puts too much dill on her salmon. I shouldn't have been so snotty. You're trying to turn people into robots. Canadians, we all have passports. I'm anti-dill. This is stuff to think about. All right, so Tampa, you're on notice. Yeah. Canada, not happy with you. This is food for thought. Canada kind of is one thing. Old school jackassery. If you come to Toronto, why don't be an idiot?
and show some respect. Just come back to Montreal. Your stadium is terrible. Ignore everything I said. Bing bong, right?